Hello there, guys. This is Sanjay Kutan uh, doing a quick question and answer with Papinda from Max Mortgages today. Uh, five questions that we've taken from uh, listeners and followers of our accounts. Uh, we've compiled five to get put forward to Papinda today. Hopefully, we'll receive a lot more questions in the future and we'll be able to do more of these episodes with you. Um, and hopefully, you'll gain a lot from Papinda's insight on the, uh, on the matters. Okay. So, hi, Papinda. How are you? Um, just, well, thank you. just a quick one. Obviously, um, as we mentioned, you're from Max Mortgages. Uh, just let us know uh, what, what it is that you guys do and how you help uh, people looking to buy a home. Yeah, we do mortgages. Uh, basically, an associated products that go with the mortgages. We're independent, uh, which means we don't work with any particular lender. So we'll work with basically any lender that will work with with independent um, mortgage advisors or intermediaries. So we offer what we call a whole market proposition. We're also independent uh, from the state agents and accountants and solicitors. So we make a point of not actually working with them directly because then there's a conflict of interest. So we do work very closely with a number of agents in the area, um, but close enough where we can work together, but not so much where we have to divulge your information to them or to, or to create uh, any level of conflict of interest between you as our client and and the vendor so that's how we basically position ourselves in the market perfect and um in terms obviously you give mortgage advice what what is the difference between say a mortgage advisor and going directly to a bank as a mortgage advisor um we have access like i said earlier we offer what we call like a whole market proposition so the various lenders out there um some on the high street some are not some are specialist lenders um, who have come into the market. They're specialist lenders because they have you know, low operating costs, so they're also able to offer some very good products. And we can deal with these guys, whether it's HSBC, Barclays, NetWest, for example, for residential and there's various other lenders we deal with. So as a mortgage advisor who knows how lenders work, based on your situation, we will then determine the right lender or right lenders for you, shortlist them, and then pick the most appropriate product for them. Whereas going to your own bank, for example, uh, yes, they may offer a very good current account or savings account, or maybe that you're not too fast um, with the accounts they offer because you don't get much interest anyway. So a lot of people don't move their bank accounts around. As long as they get what they want, uh, online banking, pay their bills, we're pretty much happy with them. But when it comes to a mortgage, you need a little bit more from your bank, uh, and therefore your own bank may not be the right one because the criteria might not suit you or vice versa. So each bank has its own criteria. And the chance of your own bank being the, the right one for you is quite minimal given just low probabilities and percentages. So we will basically not put you forward to any bank that we know is not going to be able to take you to full mortgage offer because of your situation, you know, because criteria that you may not meet or because we know that the way they operate, that they will not be able to give you the amount of money that you actually asked for, which could be a deal breaker when you're looking to buy a property. So no, that's why we don't suggest, uh, well, it's a good starting point that a lot of people do, but a lot of people stop doing that now and they will come to us first and say, look, this is my situation. What's the best way forward? Perfect. And you, you mentioned that um, sometimes you might not meet the criteria of your bank. Do you often get clients who come to you after they've already been to the bank or, or, or their bank um, saying that they weren't able to get the mortgage that they needed? Yes, we do. Um, you know, like I said, even a, you know, even a stop clock is right twice a day. So sometimes they will actually have the right product, but very rarely. I don't think we come across it very often, purely because a lot of guys will go to their own bank um, and get themselves something like a decision principle or an agreement principle, which basically confirms what the lender will be 
willing to offer as a maximum. But this maximum may change later on based on the actual income breakdown. Sometimes we've got people where they think they're only 50,000 pounds, but they're not, they're only earning 30,000 a year plus, maybe bonus overtime, car, car allowance and so on. Uh, the other suggestion we have is sometimes the deposit. So if somebody gets a mortgage from somebody, they may say, we'll give you, I don't know, let's pick a figure, uh, five times your salary. But when you actually make the application based on the deposit, the type of property and other issues that might be involved, such as service charge, ground rent, all depends on the overall picture. It may be the bank's not gonna give you anywhere near that amount. So, which is why, like I said earlier, we don't expose you to any particular lender until we've seen exactly what property you're buying, what the, the financials are, and then pick the right lender from that point forward and only do any credit searches or uh, that will leave a footprint on your file with the lender that we think is kind of the most suitable to get you the most appropriate product through to um, you getting the keys to the house. Perfect. Okay, cool. So now we, we've got some questions from uh, clients and other sort of followers, people that we've asked. Uh, a lot of them are sort of COVID related. Uh, what have you seen and what do you, what do you think has happened or what is going to happen with the market based on what's happening now with COVID? Well, with COVID, as you know, with the lockdown, or uh, the, the market has been pretty much very quiet. You can't do viewings unless you want to buy something using a, some online uh, video is one is what some agents have been offering. But of course, the problem is when you're looking to buy maybe a two, three, four hundred thousand pound or whatever the value of the house is, you want to go and see it for yourself. It's a lot of money to spend. It's somewhere where you'd be living in. You want to make sure you're comfortable. Little things that the video may not give away. So a lot of people have always, always reasons been very reluctant. Uh, certainly when you see the property that you might like it or you might not like it, you might see something the video doesn't show uh, or something the video doesn't show, which could be a positive. So the market has been pretty much on hold um, because of the viewing aspect, for example. Agents have been closed until this week, effectively, or last week. The uh, valuers have been not going out to any property that needs a valuation. So most new builds, a lot of flats, uh, high loan to values, all needed valuations. So all these been in hold. But again, the values have been going out again. I think today's the first day where they've maybe made a few physical visits. Appointments started making towards the end of last week. So the market's moving again. Uh, but again, whoever wanted to sell the house will sell the house. Uh, it's just that instead of selling it in March or April, they might, they might not sell it till June, July, August. So from the housing market, I think it'll bounce back. Uh, every house that was going to be sold will just be sold a bit later. It'll catch up, I think, in that respect. But of course, there will be a few people who may, because of the coverage situation, whether they've been affected themselves directly or for other reasons, may decide not to sell or may stay put for a while. So it's hard to say, but um, what I'm hoping for is that there's going to be a backlog of people who are looking to buy or move properties, whether it's first-time buyers or movers. And with the, with the lockdown coming to an end, or when it does come to an end, hopefully, and everybody's safe and sound, um, we'll, we hopefully we have to catch up on some of these missed opportunities for these people to buy a property. Perfect, amazing. So we're, we're, we're looking at a couple of questions that have come in from people that are sort of directly affected by COVID. Um, yeah. well, we've got one lady who's asked, can my mortgage offer be withdrawn now that I've been furloughed? Yeah, once a mortgage offer is given to you, a formal mortgage offer, a lender cannot withdraw it unless there's a material change. So many years ago, a lender could withdraw a mortgage offer because they felt like it, literally, or because they ran out of money or that particular product finished. Well, obviously, if you've exchanged on your property, for example, and the, and the lender withdraws your product, that could leave you in a legal sort of, well, you could be sued because you're unable to complete the sale. So these days, lenders, basically, the formal offer is binding on the lender. 
uh, more so on the lender than it is on you. So for example, if you don't use the mortgage offer because you don't want to buy the property, that's not a problem. However, the lender does have the right, obviously, to um, withdraw the mortgage offer if there's a material change. For example, you've gone and bought yourself a £600 a month car, which wasn't there before, which may affect your affordability. Uh, you may, for example, change jobs, which pays you a lot less income. And of course, what you mentioned now is that you may be forced to have either change of jobs, you may have lost your job or you may be furloughed, and the new income is not enough to support the mortgage or it's not affordable, then there's a possibility that they could. But each lender has it has their own way of um, assessing the situation at the moment. So it's best to check with the lender directly. Um, but the, ultimately, if the mortgage is still affordable and it meets the assessment, then you should be fine. Okay, that's great, Flavi. Thank you. Now, the, the next question that came in was, um, I've agreed a sale before the pandemic started and I am waiting on solicitors to complete their work. Should I now try and renegotiate the price if the housing market has been affected? Well, we're not sure if it has been affected. Um, I know it's not many properties actually moving through the system at the moment because of the, the viewings and valuation, those sort of problems. But that doesn't necessarily mean we've got uh, a lower price because those want to buy the property, still want to buy the property. The numbers haven't gone up or down possibly. Um, those looking to sell. So, you know, what you guys remember is that we've been living under this cloud of Brexit now for some years now. So when Brexit first came, a lot of people were very nervous as to what Brexit will mean for them, their jobs, their businesses, uh, those who are trading with Europe, for example. So a lot of people did sort of come off the housing market and decided not, especially second-time buyers or uh, investment owners, they sort of uh, withdrew from the market quite largely because of the, um, the fears that they might be taking too much on. Um, buyers were also uh, being more careful with their money now, which is what they should have been in the first place. But unfortunately, if you go back for four or five years, if a property was in the market for X amount, People were paying X plus 15, 20,000 pounds. So they were overpaying, to be honest. But now with Brexit um, and the worry, worry people had, people have been paying what they feel is more market value for the property. Um, and so the property's prices have been corrected in, in largely in the last three or four years anyway. If you then bring in the changes in the stamp duty for uh, additional properties that you buy, so that doesn't necessarily mean if you buy an investment property. But if it's an additional property, then you could pay 3% extra stamp duty on that. So that, again, adds the cost of buying the property, the cost of purchase. And then, of course, you've got the issues with the way they tax rental income. So that's all made it less attractive for second uh, properties or for investment properties, which basically means there's less people looking to buy a property in those sort of areas, which means that means there's less people fighting for the same property, which has allowed first-time buyers and home movers to get properties more at reasonable prices. But going forward with COVID, it may be that unless these people have done some substantial work to the property structurally, extensions, side extensions, lofts, it may be that the property is worth what they paid for it three, four years ago. Because remember, guys, you know, if you paint your kitchen or put a new kitchen in, it's not going to put the price of the property up because when you buy a property, you would expect it to have a kitchen in the first place. So having a kitchen and a bathroom is not a bonus. It's what you would expect. Uh, it just makes the property more sellable, desirable, rather than more expensive. Um, so, yeah, so with COVID, possibly, it may have an impact, but we don't know yet. It may be the properties are already priced where they should be. Uh, property prices have come down effectively because they haven't really uh, stayed in pace with the inflation. So in real terms, they have come down slightly in the last few years. And the other question, obviously, is, is it fair to knock property price down just because you can or to use COVID-19 as, as an excuse? So all I would say is this, you're not committed to a sale. Yes, you can renegotiate. 
Um, there's no harm in asking the question because if you can save, save some money, then why not? Especially as first-time buyers, there's a lot of expenses and every penny helps. Uh, but likewise, a seller may also be under pressure to sell a property a certain amount because of the um, on, onward purchase that he's making or she's making that they are making. So all I say is yes, you can ask the question. It's worth asking the question, um, but just be fair uh, and just look at the overall picture. And for those who haven't actually bought a property yet or haven't had an offer accepted, remember that the bank will also value the property, even though that's only a basic valuation. But if you, again, if you're paying far too much for it, they may also point it out to you that maybe you need to um, renegotiate the price. So I would say yes, it's not a harmonizing question, but just be fair about it. Do your research and see if that property is still worth what it is based on maybe other properties that are coming up in the market that's similar on the same area. When I say same area, I literally mean the same area, same street. Don't compare a mid-terrace property with a, with a end-terrace property that's got three garages on the side. We've had that in the past where people think the property should be worth a lot more, but it's you know like for like comparison and just be fair. Perfect. Thanks, um, Bapinda, you mentioned um, the sort of buy-to-let tax changes. Uh, what did... Hang on. Don't worry, they make it more fun. <laughs> hey, making a video, see? The joys of working from home, I guess, eh? Uh, yeah, that's um, probably potential first-time buyer in about 20 years. <laughs> I'll put him in contact with this. So we've got... Yeah, uh, you you mentioned the... Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned the buy-to-let tax changes. Uh, yeah. How is that? How has that actually changed, and how is it actually affecting sort of uh, investment property buyers now? Well, originally, when you bought a property um, and you had rent coming from it, you would take the rental income, take off the costs, which is interest, uh, running costs, maintenance. Um, in the old days, you even got a wear and tear allowance, which you don't anymore. It's now receipted expenditure. You would take costs of, say, running costs as estate agents, um, other, any cost based of building insurance, maintenance, gas certificates, and so on. So, what was left over was your profit. So, it could be that you're getting a thousand pounds a month, but you may only be making 300 pounds a month profit. So, the, the HMRC would only add the profit to your income. So, if, for example, you're earning 45,000 a year, chances are that, that at the end of the day, you were still a basic rate taxpayer. Um, and it didn't affect your overall tax position. What happens now is uh, they phased it in slowly, over 25% um, increments. They, they add the basically gross rental to your income. So if your rental is a thousand pound a month, for example, um, and you're getting 12,000 pound a year, and you're earning, say, like I said, 40,000 a year, 45,000 a year, if you add this 12,000 to your, say, 45,000, that puts you on 57,000 a year, you become a higher rate taxpayer. So some of your income now, will be taxed at the higher rate. So it's not just under the profit. Uh, as I said before, if they add the gross income, that may increase your tax band. And then of course they'll take off, they give you certain tax credit for the um, interest you pay, um, but you don't automatically get full tax relief now on, on the interest you pay on, if it's in your personal name. So yeah, so it's your tax bill will be slightly higher now, or much higher depending on your uh, situation, especially if you've gone through uh, different tax bandings. Perfect. Okay, that's great. Now, the next question that came through was regarding credit scoring. Um, they, yeah. We've got one person who has a mortgage in place now, and they're asking if a payment holiday will affect their credit score uh, and how the actual, the missed payments or the, the deferred payments, how will that be paid eventually? Well, the, the, there won't be any credit scoring for a holiday, uh, for a payment holiday, because obviously you already got the mortgage. 
Um, and if you look at your document, you find that a lot of mortgages are fairly flexible these days, and they will have uh, facilities there anyway for you to make payment holidays, or to make underpayments, or to make overpayments, and so on. So this payment holiday is a, is a, is a, a typical feature of many products. It's just that because of COVID, lenders just brought to the forefront and made it based an automatic process. I and mean, it's pretty automatic already, really. You just have to ask your lender for permission for a holiday. Whereas now, because of COVID, um, they just didn't want to have 5,000 phone calls a day. They just made it a more easier process. So no, it doesn't affect your credit rating. It's all part of the product you already, already have. The missed payments are then added to your current mortgage balance. So your mortgage balance will increase um, by the amount of payments you have not made. And then you'll pay them, obviously, uh, across the over the term of the remaining mortgage. Um, so your monthly will go up slightly. But if it is that you're having difficulties paying your mortgage now, then I would take the holiday, make sure your mortgage is paid, you don't have any missed payments, you don't lose your property or back uh, credit for missed payments. Uh, so your missed payments is different because you haven't agreed to them. Uh, and then worry about other bits and pieces of which are not going to be that crucial, but let's not worry about what's going to happen in five years' time to you when if you're having problems right now. Perfect. That's great. Thank you very much. Now we have last question uh, for today. It's uh, yeah. somebody who has literally just got their offer um, in place. They're asking yeah. um, now that their lender is offering a new lower rate product that they apply yeah. that applies to them. Are they able yeah. to switch? Again, it depends on the lender. Some lenders will more or less lock you in. Some lenders will uh, charge an admin fee. Um, to make any changes post offer. So, for example, if you're saving yourself £3 a month in interest now, um, but the admin fee is £150, will it be worth it? That's the first thing. But generally speaking, what we tend to do, we tend to keep most of our sort of, uh, files open. Uh, as mortgage advisors, our job really to get you the mortgage offer, and then it's really down to other stakeholders to get you over the line, such as solicitors and so on. Um, but we keep an eye on, on, on things. So, if, for example, you are with a lender where there's that will allow a rate change or this being a substantial rate change then yeah before you exchange we will then have them move on to a different product and often it's no cost to you uh, but like you said it's important um that you check this that and it's done before exchange because once you exchange you're committed and some lenders will throw this back to the underwriter just to check that you qualify for that particular product uh, they will have to then have to reissue a formal mortgage offer, for example, for the new product. And that could, in some cases, take four, five, six working days. At the moment, it can take longer uh, with some lenders because of the COVID situation. Um, so you don't want to be in a position where you're about to exchange contracts or you have to change contracts and you then go and, uh, basically open up your mortgage file again. Uh, because if without the finance, you could be entering a contract without the means to pay for the property. But yeah, generally speaking, yeah, it's, it's, it's always worth checking uh, before you exchange whether that's the most appropriate product, if, if there's been any changes, uh, especially in some cases where people have taken four or five months to complete and, and there's been a, a big swing sometimes. Um, and yeah, so it's always worth having a quick look, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So you know, that was the last question that we had for today. So um, what we've done, we put the link to all your sort of social media in the description below. So if anyone has any questions, they can contact you there and contact us yeah. there and we can sort of get them scheduled for future shows. Uh, thank yeah. you very much for your time. I'm hoping we should be able to do this again, hopefully very soon. Um, yeah. Again, all the links to the social media are down below. So do check Max Mortgages out. Binda, thank you very much. And we'll see no you problem. again very soon. Cheers.
Bye-bye. Well, thank you for that.